Blog Talk Radio. Happy Saturday, everybody. We are here live at the Up Your Volume Morning Show podcast, and we haven't seen you guys in, a, in two weeks, so we're so happy to be with you today. We have Dr. Jay Davidson on with us today. Of course, Paleo Boss Lady, a.k.a. my mom, is with us. She's joining us live from Paleo FX in Austin. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Yeah, we, we have a real global community happening. Hopefully you guys can hear me okay. Yeah, yeah, we can. So how's it going over there? Well, right now we're having like crazy thunder, lightning, rainstorms, which, you know, living in California for over the last decade, I'm not really used to all this. Uh, Gidge certainly isn't used to all of it. Uh, The humidity is a challenge uh, for this old girl with MS. But other than that, it's just great to be in Austin. Um, Tons of restaurants that support my eating lifestyle. I did a... um, an event at Picnic uh, this week with uh, some angel card readings and some mindfulness meditation work, which was exceptional. And yesterday I got to finally get a copy of Paleo Magazine. Uh, I'm so proud to have won two Best Of Awards, one for the Taking It to the Streets Tour and the other one for Best for uh, Health and Wellness Blog. And that's That's awesome. That's so huge. I'm so incredibly proud. Um, it's ridiculous. And, um, yeah, so I'm kind of on a high right now. And plus I've had, like, three cups of Bulletproof coffee this morning. So I'm like, <laughs> But I'm really excited for our guest today because Dr. J was introduced to me through my friends, uh, the Paleo Mom. And as uh, many of you know, I recently toured in the Oregon area, and I got to spend four days with someone who is, super passionate about Lyme disease because she suffers from Lyme disease. And I learned a whole bunch of stuff I didn't know. Uh, I always just thought Lyme disease was you play outside, you get bit by a tick, and you get Lyme disease and you're put on antibiotics for a while. But it is so much more than that. And Dr. J almost lost his wife to Lyme disease. And he's going to share that journey and how, you know, that, that situation brought about a career change, a life change. They moved and that he's dedicated his life to a holistic approach uh, to Lyme disease and just informing the community. So I'm ready to learn a whole bunch of stuff. And Me too. Yeah, so am I. And I'm super excited to hear from you because there's so much going on in the music world. It's insane. Yeah, there is. So, um, you know, a lot of big stuff going on. Um, I think we're definitely going to get into uh, the death of Chris Cornell, um, which is, you know, just heartbreaking news, obviously, because, you know, I've been explaining it to my, you know, my friends out here. um, And it's like, you know, obviously losing Bowie, MJ, Prince, like these are iconic, you know, figures, iconic musicians. And yes, I did grow up listening to them, but I think 
um, you know, getting into Scott Weiland and, and Chris Cornell, like that era is like really like I grew up in, you know, the early nineties and, um, mm-hmm. you know, what, and saw Chris Cornell live so many times, probably one of my favorite voices of that, you know, grunge alternative period. I mean, I've, I've seen Soundgarden, I've seen Audio Slave multiple times and, um, it definitely hit home for me. Um, just, just, uh, I was really, really blindsided by it. And it's just, you know, it's, we, we keep losing some really, really great artists at way too young of ages. And you know, I definitely want to get to that, but got some, got some exciting news for you guys before we get to all that. Um, okay. So Snoop Dogg just released an album. It's amazing. Um, I, I would say to go out and get it, uh, the, the, the single Go On actually made our playlist. Um, it's his 15th studio album. He's just been killing it since wow. literally I was, I was born. So, I mean, he's just, he's doing his thing. Um, my favorite artist, uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat, um, if you guys uh, don't know his work, please check it out. He actually um, died at 27 in 1988 from, from an overdose, if, if I have the story correctly. Um, one of my favorite documentary slash movies of all time um you know is about him uh he's just probably my favorite artist of all time and and i know we don't talk about um art as much as i used to so i did want to let you guys know there was a record-breaking uh sale um basquiat sold a uh piece called entitled for 110.5 million dollars at an auction recently Um, yeah, it is, it's the most, it's the sixth most expensive work to ever be sold in an auction. There are only 10 other works in the world that have broken the hundred million dollar mark. Um, this being the top selling, um, so this kind of money is what I'm trying to understand. So let me find his name. Um, I know he's from Japan. Um, I probably excuse me pronunciation of his name but um Yusaku Mezawa um he is a buyer he he's he bought it through his Instagram account but he found out about it through the Instagram account um went to an auction um and this painting was originally sold for ninety thousand dollars in 1982 um wow and yeah Ninety thousand dollars, and then it was later bought for fifty-seven point three million, um, and now was was doubled that um, for this purchase. So, kind of insane. This guy literally owns his entire his own museum, um, and I don't even know if it's open to the public. It doesn't say here if it's even open to the public, but he has his own museum in Japan and this, he needed to have this piece and he's super excited about it. Um, which I mean, if, Hey, if you got the type of money, I would definitely spend on Basquiat's paintings. They're, they're timeless and incredible. And, you know, he's one of the most unique artists of all time. Um, I don't know if you know his story, but definitely, you know, started out the, the def, the pure definition of a struggling musician was homeless and, and, um, you know, worked on his art and, and his art made his money, but also there were bigger demons inside of him that led him to use drugs. And unfortunately, he's part of that, um, you know, the, the 27 crew that unfortunately didn't make it past that. So um, I just thought that was a really 
cool thing that his paintings, you know, are still getting sold. He's one of the top grossing artists of all time. Um, so it's just, it's crazy. Um, most of his works were sold post, de- you know, post his death. So it's just, um, wow. it's crazy. Um, so that happened. Uh, you know, I told you guys two weeks ago about Tribe Called Quest tour. Um, they have canceled a leg of the, the, the European section of the summer tour. So just make sure um, that you go check. They're still happening. Um, the Pemberton Music Festival in British Columbia, they're still going to be performing out July 13th. They're going to be in Union Park in Chicago, July 14th and 15th. Uh, Exposition Park, July 22nd, 23rd in L.A. Uh, they'll be in New York on the 30th. And then August 10th and 11th, they'll be in San Francisco. That's really it. I don't think they'll be in Europe anymore. So um, definitely check that out. Um, I don't know why they canceled. doesn't say, but, you know, since I had mentioned the tour, I just want to, um, oh, I, they, they haven't released a statement, but I guess something along the lines of Q-Tip is getting a shoulder injury. Um, so a, a shoulder surgery for a, an earlier injury. So um, I guess that's why they decided to postpone or cancel. Um, L.A. Reed steps down from um, – Wow. Yeah, it's it's really, 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 really crazy. He steps down from Epic Records. Epic Records has not even released a statement. Um, however, uh, L.A. Reid did put out a tweet on May 10th saying, never confuse a single defeat with a final defeat is a quote from F. Scott Fitzgerald. He hashtagged be epic. Um, if you guys, you know, I'm sure most of you know who he is, but he established uh, the career of, uh, Mariah Carey, Megan Trainor, Future, Future, Travis Scott, Fifth Harmony, DJ Khaled, Outkast, Usher, TLC, Tony Braxton, Babyface. I mean, the list just goes on. You know, Chance the Rapper, Justin Bieber. I mean, it's just Little Wayne. It's literally everybody that has been a success in the past 20 to 30 years, I think, um, has, has crossed paths with L.A. Reid. Um, so waiting to hear what happened um and why he decided to step down i don't know if it was a retirement or he just felt like it was time but that is what what's going down um more information on that in two weeks um as we as you guys know we take our um we take holiday breaks and give you guys a chance to enjoy your saturdays with family and friends next week it being memorial day we will not be here and we will follow up with you guys i believe it's june 3rd is the date uh, we'll be back with you guys um so now i, I think you know, Mom, you and I both want to talk about um, the, the devastating news of, of Chris Cornell's death that was announced two days ago. Um, you know, 52 years old. Um, he had just performed a set with Soundgarden literally hours before he died, um, you know, the night before. Right. I mean, I mean you know, it, it's just And he super... hung himself. I mean, that's how he passed was he yeah, found. Yeah, yeah. Committed suicide. Um, um, his his wife kind of shed light on the fact that she's, you know, blaming the doctors um, that that had treated him with uh, benzos and and things like that uh, to treat his depression. And um, you know, we we kind of know that all too well. We do. Well, there's a few things. First of all, for anyone, a friendly reminder. My mom was a prescription pill drug addict my entire life, and it was at the hands of doctors prescribing her medicine and uh, continuing to prescribe her medicine, um, never dealing with root cause. And, you know, just as even if you don't have a personal experience, let's look at sort of 
the artist industry in general. I mean, Prince, uh, Michael Jackson, uh, Mm -hmm. even, uh, you know, all of these artists that have died from, you know, you mentioned um, who I loved, um, Scott Weiland. We -hmm. know that all these people, everyone knows that all these people are using drugs, but yet the record labels and the people in the industry, they keep it hush-hush, you know, even Whitney Houston, all of this stuff. And, I mean, families can get addicts into interventions. Families work hard. Loved ones work hard. And I yeah. just don't understand why fame allows doctors to continue to do this stuff and the, and the record industry and the music industry. And I believe it's all at the hands of profit. You know, it's all, again, consumer-driven realities. And I really feel like we need to sort of make some noise. And I feel like as a community of people, we need to stand up and say, hey, you know, record labels have to be more responsible for these actions. And, you know, we actually lived intimately with someone who suffered from mental illness. And a lot of the drugs that the doctors prescribed made them almost psychotic in different ways. So it may have toned down some things, but it produced bouts of anger, acting out, violence, and then you take them off the drugs and those things go away. So I think that in the land of consciousness that we live in, you're, you know, you're an artist and I'm, you know, I live a conscious life and I'm a brand that represents consciousness. You know, I think we all have to sort of wake up. As everyone knows, we have dogs and they're always a part of our show. So we hope you appreciate hearing animals that we love uh, in the background. But I really think it's time for us to wake up about all of this stuff. Just because the doctor says, you need to take this doesn't mean that that's what you need to do. And to give you a perfect example, uh, a dear friend of mine's daughter was having a, a form of surgery this week and they were going to be injecting stuff in her body. And I'm like, what are they giving? Like you yeah. need to know, like just because the doctor says, Hey, are you pain? We're going to inject this in you. Like someone should really know, like, what is that? And if they say, well, it's this name. Well, what does that mean? Just like the food that we eat, what what drugs they're giving you, why they're giving it to you, right. and is it just symptom management? What are we doing with root cause? And are we really just masking the problem, or are we helping people? And, again, you know, Chris's wife apparently talked to him on the phone. He wasn't sounding right. His speech was a little off. So she called hotel security. And it was a little too late because by the time they got there, he was dead. So she had a premonition, and she believes it's related to a drug that was my, one of my mom's favorite drugs. And I can tell you that when my mom took that drug, it was not – it was like a different person. So I know this right. is someone who right. lived with that, the power of that drug to alter her thinking, her mind, her ability to function. So, you know, I don't disagree with his wife. I mean, look at Prince. Whoever would have thought that Prince would have been found dead in an elevator – and had been a long-standing drug addict. I had no idea. But obviously people had to know in his camp. Right. Right. No, it, and it's scary. he wasn't even playing music. It is scary. And it's scary that no one does anything about it. I mean, look at Michael Jackson's doctor. You know, I'll never forget when Michael Jackson's drug list was published. I knew every one of those drugs as a young child because my mother took every one of those drugs. And doctors freely gave it to them. And her family, my grandmother, brothers, siblings, everyone knew my mom was a drug addict, and no one did anything. Everyone just kept their mouth shut. And how long are we going to do this for? How long are we going to do this? Like we, you know, it's 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 so scary because I think that at the end of the day, you know, the pharmaceutical company is 
probably the biggest, you know, the biggest money machine that's out there right now. And it is very, um, it's black and white. People think it's a gray area. Oh, we go to the doctor and they prescribe it. And, you know, yeah, it makes me a little different, but, you know, they think it's like, no, it's, you know, they're, they're blatantly giving you things that a number one are addictive and, yeah. you know, it totally change the person you are. I mean, you know, people talk about this epidemic on the East coast that we have spent, you know, we've dedicated many podcasts to, and it's not so much a heroin epidemic as it is an opiate epidemic, which is a broader spectrum of their, you know, allowing prescription drugs to be the source of, of disease that people are getting, you know, a bad addicted addiction from it. Um, You know, I had celebrated the anniversary of passing one of my best friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and two weeks before that, and another, another year anniversary of one of my good friends. And, um, all of this stemmed from the doctor saying, here, let me help you. Let me give you this prescription. That's going to take away your anxiety. Let me give you this prescription. That's going to help you pay- manage your pain. Let me, you know, let me help you. And in fact, you, you know, you're, you're being brainwashed. You are being led to believe that this is the right thing to do. You've been conditioned your whole life to think if you have a problem, you go to a therapist, you go to a doctor and, and you get the help you need and a pill is going to solve your problem. There is no management like you were talking about in the beginning. And that right. is so important. There is no, you know, meditation being executed there or, or even mentioned or thought of it's, it's, it's not that it's not, Hey, go for a walk outside. Maybe, maybe go clear your mind and just, breathe and and you know think about your symptoms and and let's build a plan and build an execution on how we're going to actively work to get these to minimize our stress that that isn't something that's ever brought up and it's not something that you're ever taught as a young child unfortunately you know in this world right now um unless unless you know you're blessed with the type of mom I had which I know is very few and far between and it wasn't always that way um no I mean, I took drugs, you know, I injected for 19 years at the cost of $2,500 a month with a disease-modifying drug for MS, and it was destroying my body. I kept saying to the doctors, I don't want to do this. My MS is still progressing, and they just kept saying, you have to until the day you die. And when I finally stood up to my doctors and said, I am not doing this anymore, all they asked me to do was record something so that I, I did not hold them legally liable and they also had me sign a legal document saying that I did not hold them legally liable, that it was ill-advised, that I stopped the drugs. And ever since I stopped taking all the drugs and living a conscious life, I've managed every symptom of MS. So uh, I'm not saying I'm not telling the whole world to stop taking drugs. I'm just telling you because I'm not anti-drug. I am just anti not being conscious about what you're doing. And Chris was a known addict. Mm-hmm. He had depression, and they that's, gave that's him a drug that's highly addictive. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're an addict, you're an addict. You know, now, I understand harms reduction. Harms reduction is when, if you are addicted to heroin, they give you, um, what do they give you? Uh, methadone or suboxone. Methadone. Or, that's harms yeah. reduction because it's not as dangerous to your body as heroin, but it it's recognizing that you're an addict and then you go to the next phase and the next phase. I agree with harms reduction. I get that. I don't see right. this as being harms reduction because that's a pretty powerful drug. So that's why it's even more exciting to have a guest like Dr. J on because he has a holistic approach 
to Lyme disease. Now, that, I'm not saying, and I don't know, that that doesn't mean you may not need antibiotics, which is the standard treatment for MS, but I'm not, I mean, right. not for MS, but for Lyme. Lyme. That's not the only option. There's much more to treating Lyme disease than just drugs. And I'm really excited to hear from Dr. J so that this is going to give you an example of a huge disease that's an epidemic at this point. I mean, Lyme is just insane. And also that it's not just doctor right prescription. It's a holistic approach. So it's going to be mind, body, spirit. And another thing that Dr. J does that I love is that if you're unable to find community or figure this out on your own, he has summits and retreats and things to help you form community, get impassioned, get empowered, tools of empowerment, so that you can customize a journey that's for you. And now, you know, is that summit like a is is a summit a retreat? Just for people no, that may not know. No, summits are great. I have to tell you, a lot of the summits that I've been a part of as far as participating in, not necessarily a part of as uh, sort of an expert voice, have, uh, they have summits a lot on social media where they pick one thing. Uh, the one uh, that the Chronic Lyme Disease Summit 2, which is happening in June, June 19th to the 26th, is about 35-plus experts across everything, mind, body, spirit. Uh, I'm one of the ones talking about consciousness. And you log in free. And every day for six, seven days, every summit has a different number of days. Some of them are three, four, five, whatever. And you listen for free to these experts sharing what they know. And it's so, there's such great tools of empowerment. I did an essential oil summit. I've done a vaccination summit. I've done an autoimmune summit. Um, Now we have the chronic Lyme disease summit coming up. Dr. J did one that was uh, chronic Lyme disease summit one. This is chronic Lyme disease summit two. And then at the end of the summit, when you've watched and listened to all these amazing experts in their field, you have the option to own the summit. So you can buy the whole series so you can have it in your library or not. And the summits are all free. I mean, what a wonderful way to get tools of empowerment and to learn. And, and Lyme disease, I'm learning that a lot of people that had autoimmune issues have a Lyme disease. Like Lyme disease could be the catalyst. You know, I always identified my catalyst as being vaccinations because I got the hepatitis vaccine and the next day I got MS. So to me, but that, you know, maybe, you know, I've never been tested for Lyme. So who knows? I might have a Lyme pair. I might have some sort of a parasite. I have three autoimmune diseases in my body. Um, so I'm really interested to find out about this because when I toured Oregon, I met several people that tend to find out that they not only had MS, they had Lyme disease. So, you know, I very well could. And, you know, you have some autoimmune issues. And the houses that we raised you in, we could see 30 deer running in our backyard at any given time. Every house backed up to a state park, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and we hiked, we walked, we were outside all the time. So this is going to be really empowering. And, again, you know, Dr. J is a doctor that takes a holistic approach and is not just saying to people, you know, symptom management. Let's figure out what's happening here and um, whether it's psychological or physical, we all are deserving of a whole body approach and not simple management. And the other thing is, is that, you know, it takes a village. And if you love someone and you see them suffering, like you need to really support them and help them question because maybe Chris was so depressed or struggling so much and he just didn't have the wherewithal to say, you know, to ask the proper questions, to make sure right. 
you know, um, we all need other people in our camp. And that's why summits are great because you can get informed. You can watch them as a family. If you own the summit, you can share it with the people in your community so that they can become informed. And if that's not enough, then you can do a retreat. Like I just did a retreat in Montana, a week-long retreat. And all mm-hmm. of the people that were at my retreat, I've done one-on-one work with. But you know what? We needed deeper level stuff. And, right. you know, that, 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 you know, so, again, it's not the way a lot of us were raised where you just go to the doctor, you tell the doctor what your problem is, they write your prescription, they send you home. Healthcare is not about that anymore. And right. that's, you know, that's probably the real big message. And that's really all I wanted to talk about. Because this whole thing with, with Chris, you know, continues to strike a chord with us. Nikki and I have lost way too many people to drugs. And in, last, yeah. in the last 18 months, it just seems to be a broken record. And yesterday, we both mourned the loss of uh, the anniversary of someone that meant something very much to my daughter that was very much a part of my life as being your mom and mm. someone who had a lot to give this world. And it's just very sad. And then... Chris, obviously, I heard his music shape your life, and mm-hmm. it's just another one. It's just another, it just feels now, like you know, another was, blow. You know, it was weird. It's the first time I ever saw Audio Slave. First time I ever saw Chris Cornell live, I was with the person I lost. I mean, I have chills even saying that, but I was with the person that I lost, um, and we were at, like, a warp Tour or something. I just remember mm-hmm. we were at, like, a big festival, um, and, you know, I, I it just kind of hit me. It just... It just, it's just, you know, it's very hard, and I, I, um, I'm glad we talked about it today. I did completely forget to give you guys my playlist, so I wanted to go over that quickly before we go to a commercial break, and I can't wait to talk to Dr. J. Davidson, so I want to just rush through this for you guys. Um, as I mentioned, Snoop Dogg's Go On. Definitely get that. Check it out. Uh, Flying Lotus just came out with a new single. Um, he's at a bunch of festivals this summer, so definitely make sure to check it out. The song is called Night Grows Pale. Um, that Faith Evans and Biggie album that they were working on already is released, so check that out. It's amazing. They did a lot of great stuff. You know, a lot of these songs have never been released before, um, and they're all, you know, stuff you have never heard from Biggie's archive mixed with uh, Faith, you know, obviously going over the tracks of her late, uh, you know, boyfriend and partner uh, for a long time so it's, it's beautiful stuff this song's called take me there check it out um stone's throw one of my favorite record labels of all time uh just came out with a duo called the steeples i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly s-t-e-o-p-l-e-s the steeples uh the song is that they just released and then also the title of the album is called from the other side check that out and i've been like so so late um, and wrong in, in really getting into the deeper cuts of 24 Karat, um, the, you know, you know Bruno Mars' album. It's been right. out for five, six months now. Um, but Versace on the floor, I've been, I've been digging so hard that I literally, like, I don't even have radio on my car, and I'm putting, like, I, you know, iTunes up on my cell phone and I'm playing the song on repeat. Like, and I don't think I've done that with a song since I was, you know, a fan of boy bands in the nineties. So, um, it's, it's so good. I had to put it on that. I had to put it on my playlist this week, even though it's slightly older. So Bruno Mars coming in at number one with Versace on the floor. Um, and that's, that's what I have for you guys. I want to take a quick commercial break here from the sponsors of the taken streets tour, um, which had a successful retreat last week. 
And I know it was awesome. I know everybody enjoyed it. I saw all the pictures of beautiful Montana. You guys even had some snow, which is crazy. Um, but it looked beautiful nonetheless. Um, so let's get to a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back with Dr. J. Awesome. Up Your Volume Morning Show Podcast and the Taking the Streets Tour are brought to you by Nativa. We would like to thank our good friends at Nativa for their support of the Taking It to the Streets Tour. We can't say enough about Nativa products. We adore that Nativa is committed to nurturing vitality by consciously curating the world's finest plant-based organic ingredients. In fact, most of the dishes in our house found on our kitchen table are made possible by the fine products from Nativa. For more information on all of their products, go to www.nativa.com. That's N-U-T-I-V-A.com. And Palm Done Right. You've probably heard the horror stories about palm oil. Orphaned orangutans, rainforests destroyed, smoldering fires that pollute the air. Thankfully, that is not all there is to this tale. There's another happier story that is yet to be told. One where farmers are empowered and communities thrive. One where animals and people are healthy. Where the land flourishes with diversity. And it's called Palm Done Right. Our good friends at Natural Habitats are committed to supporting the community with Palm Done Right, and we are honored to have them supporting the Taking It to the Street store. To learn more, please head to www.palmdoneright.com. Again, that's palmdoneright.com. Good morning, Dr. J. How are you? I am great. So great to have you on on today. I'm just like literally want to just be like, all right, talk for the next half hour so I can learn everything as soon <laughs> as possible. Literally, because I feel like I, you know, I always thought, wow, well, I know about Lyme disease, but I really don't feel like I do. No, uh, I mean, as much as I thought, I have a really dear friend back east who struggled with Lyme, and I know he was on, I think he was on antibiotics for like two years, and. Then he got off antibiotics, and he still had issues. So I don't know, you know, really how to treat Lyme or what Lyme is. And he never saw a bullseye. He doesn't remember ever getting, in, you know, a tick on his body. And then someone told me it's not just ticks that cause Lyme. So if you don't mind just sort of sharing your journey and as much as you can, because I feel as if, everything that I thought I knew about Lyme may be outdated or old. And I would imagine a lot of people that are listening would feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I really got into uh, the Lyme disease world just for my wife, as you mentioned earlier, V um, mm-hmm. it wasn't something I just randomly like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, pick up studying Lyme disease. I feel like that's a good, you know, good thing to look into. It was just out of desperation to save my wife's life. And, and I feel uh, as if most people that get into the Lyme disease world come from a similar circumstance. They're just trying to get themselves well or a family member. And, and I think that just speaks volumes to how many people are actually affected with or by Lyme disease. Um, you know, the newest stat, at least the CDC has published, um, before they used to say 30,000 people contract Lyme disease every year. And then in 2013, there was a pretty big jump. 
then all of a sudden they started saying 300,000 people. And I think there's a good number of experts that will say that that number is probably even 10 times that, you know, that are actually affected with uh, this bacteria. So maybe just kind of go on ground floor to have a good foundation, I guess, of Lyme disease might be a good, good starting point. So Lyme disease is a bacteria, uh, technically called the Borrelia borgdorferi, mm-hmm. you know, one of those long, fancy names. But now mm-hmm. they're identifying that there's more species of Borrelia that cause Lyme, like Myomotai and Myoni. Um, and that, that one's funny. Mayo Clinic discovered that, so they kind of got the name Myoni for, for uh, their discovery. <laughs> claiming <Okay>. that. <laughs> but so, so the, the takeaway is it's a bacteria. Um, there's over a hundred different strains in the United States, which can be part of the difficulty with diagnosing it because there's variations from East coast version okay. to West coast is different. And then, uh, in the world or across the world, there's over 300 different strains. And then wow. as you dive into that, it gets a little more complex, like looking at the Borrelia burgdorferi bacteria, quote unquote, Lyme disease, um, and it's not just, just for listeners uh, or listener, it's not limes with an S, it's just Lyme. Uh, it's kind of the, the proper name from Lyme, Connecticut, where the name came from. So, but um, it has different forms. So the bacteria generally is a spirochete or a spiral shape formed. And if you just think of the spiral shape, it loves joints, it loves tissues. Uh, it doesn't necessarily love to float around the bloodstream, which also makes it a little bit more difficult on the testing side, because if it's not, okay. you know, if the target organ isn't the bloodstream, well, a lot of our tests that we run are blood related, right? Right. So um, it has a spiral shaped form, but it's been shown in research. If you take an antibiotic within just, you know, 20 minutes, uh, these bugs can talk to each other across the body. It's something called quorum sensing. And I just, think of it like literally the bugs have cell phones. So when something's happening, they communicate with the rest of the bugs in the body and Lyme disease can literally like engulf itself. They've shown it on videos where it'll literally kind of eat itself and turn itself into a ball, like a sphere ball shape. And they call this a cyst or a round body. And it makes it a thousand times stronger against antibiotic than if it was in the spiral, uh, spiral keat spiral shape form. Wow. So, and then if that's not uh, crazy enough, Lyme disease also has another form, what they call intracellular, where it'll go inside of your cells. And this is where I believe the autoimmune component comes in, is that if Lyme goes inside of your cells and then um, looks like your own cell, but your body's like, "Mm, I don't think that's right, and starts attacking it, well, it's going to start attacking other cells too, not understanding which ones are which. And this is kind of where you get into this autoimmune type component. So, with Lyme, okay. it's generally thought, you know, acute, take antibiotics, and acute means you just got the bacteria, you just got Lyme, which is classically, like you mentioned, V, you know, from ticks, but mm-hmm. there's many other transmitters, uh, such as spiders, fleas, mosquitoes, a uh, bunch of different flies, like deer flies, black flies, horse flies, you know, can actually transmit Lyme to humans, wow. but, but then there's a whole host of things that'll actually carry Lyme, which you mentioned the deer, you know, in your backyard growing up uh-huh. always. Uh, so deer will be carriers of Lyme, birds will be, and this is why Lyme is found on every single continent in the world, except for Antarctica, they found it, is because of, you know, the, like, for instance, ticks will hitch a ride on birds or other things will hitch a ride on birds and it'll be, you know, it'll cover the globe. 
so deers, birds, um, other mammals like cows, horses, um, rodents will also will also carry Lyme and help to obviously spread that. And then you get in a little bit more of controversy, but I believe Lyme disease can be sexually transmitted, so partners can share it. They've been it's been shown that babies that haven't made it, you know, the quote unquote miscarry, mm-hmm. that Lyme's been active in fetuses. Um, you wow, know, so we, we know moms. Insane. Yeah, we know moms can actually transmit it to babies. Um, there was research out of the University of Wisconsin that showed that, um, and, and I, I'm, I'm making a little bit of a leap, cow to human, so, you know, um, but right. basically with cow's milk, that the spirochete Lyme disease has been shown to be found in cow's milk. So if you theorize, well, if mom has, you know, active Lyme or Lyme disease and is breastfeeding, could it be passed, right. you know, even through that method? And I believe it can be. Um, so it's, it's quite it's quite daunting and scary when you think of the topic as a whole, but my goal by the end of this uh, radio show is to give you, um, you know, more concrete ideas and understanding and to really empower yourself. Just like you said, V, it's not about, you know, what, what is the doctor going to prescribe you? It's about, you know, really taking action and, and moving in the right direction for yourself. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think that's why your work is, I mean, just listening to what you said is, it is scary to think about all the ways that, and again, this is all new information to me personally. Um, and, you know, having tools of empowerment to be able to, you know, A, identify that this might be something, because in my tour, you don't know how many people invite me into their home that say to me, I just have been sick for a really long time and I don't know what it is. And, uh, you know, who's to say that maybe it isn't Lyme, you know, and I help them to engage in conversations with their healthcare team to try and narrow it down, like maybe request functional medicine intake, things like that. So I'm really excited to hear some of the tools that you can offer to people to help them navigate this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start with uh, how do you know if you have Lyme or not? Because that's really you know, a big question. And, and the takeaway that I would say, so uh, I don't think I finished this either. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a shiny object guy, like, Oh, what's over that over there? Oh, squirrel over there. So sorry if I'm mm-hmm. bouncing around a little bit, but so acute Lyme versus chronic Lyme acute means you just got the bacteria within six to eight weeks. And, you know, standard quotas take some, you know, antibiotics or doxycycline and you can eradicate it. If you have symptoms after it, well, then it's not Lyme disease. They call it post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome. And I mean, this is where it gets a little gray area. So I've interviewed uh, Dr. Kenneth Stoller. He's uh, in the San Francisco area, California. And he says that actually when you get a bullseye rash, you've already had Lyme and now you're reactivating. And that's why the bullseye rash comes up. It's IgG reaction. So from the, oh. from the classic definition, uh, it's been taught that, you know, Lyme disease is transmitted via tick bites, which is technically a sting. It's more of like pierces you, not bites you. But uh, so a tick bite or sting transmits Lyme disease, transmit Lyme disease. Um, and then it takes, you know, 24 to minimum 48 hours for it to transmit. But all that research was done on dogs and stuff with long hair. So it takes a while for the tick to actually get to the skin. So we know it can transmit a lot quicker. But then when you get bit or stung, technically stung, and you get a bullseye rash, which looks like that target retail symbol, right. you know, circle and then uh, circle around that. A lot of the rashes actually, you know, they can be misshapen. They don't have to look like that. So, I mean, that's kind of the standard. But if you get that, they say, oh, that's acute. And when I interviewed Dr. Kenneth Stoller, I'm like, wow, that really puts a, really puts a thought on to 
is it actually acute or is it actually chronic? And how, how do you even know that you get acute? And, and I feel like, yes, if you're going to use antibiotics, um, you know, acute is the time, but how do you know if it's actually acute or not? And that, that's where I think there's a lot of gray in there. And even, you know, people ask me, um, I get questions often of this, like, okay, my, uh, you know, four-year-old, we just found a tick embedded in their neck or, you know, such and such person did, person did like, what do I do? And all I can tell you is if it was me and I found mm-hmm. a tick on my skin, first of all, you want to make sure you pull it out properly and you have to have a tick removal device. You can get them on Amazon, a two pack for like six bucks. And it's basically kind of like a spinny spork. So it, it goes mm-hmm. between the tick and the skin. You spin it, and that's the way it unlocks its little barbs that hold it in. So it unlocks it. And it, it's kind of just thinking about, okay, when a tick wants to detach, all it does is it twists its head to, to pull the barbs in, and then it pulls out. So we just want to mimic that when we're pulling out. So don't put any alcohol. Don't put any essential oils, even though I know how awesome essential oils are. Don't put anything – don't – flame the tick when it's on your skin first thing is to pull it off safely with a tick removal device then you can put like you know essential oils on the skin but if you do that stuff when the tick is embedded it causes the tick to throw up regurgitate it gets irritated and you're more likely to transmit it you know get it that way you know if you piss the tick off essentially so remove Mm -hmm. the tick then you can put some like you know killing antispirochete, you know, like clove and worm seed oil and these other things that are really, you know, good, you know, you can put on essential oil wise on your skin. But what what I would do, and uh, Joette Calabrese is going to talk about this on the chronic Lyme disease summit number two, she's trained in classical homeopathy, but really works in kind of this practical homeopathy approach that she's kind of coined. But she says, you know, for any insect tick bite, which is technically a tick sting, right? Any insect bite or sting, you can take Letum Palestra as a 30C as a homeopath. So, and these homeopathics are like, you can go to Whole Foods or health food stores and get them. Usually like the um, blue little, looks like a chapstick too, basically. There's little BBs in them for maybe eight bucks. I mean, something so inexpensive. So if you get the tick removal device, uh, for your health cabinet, you know, six bucks on Amazon mm-hmm. for a two pack, you get a, a Leadum, uh, Palestra, you know, homeopath, you know, eight bucks. I mean, this is like very inexpensive stuff. And of course you can right. always do like herbal killers and stuff in addition to that, but that would be what I would consider like the bare minimum. Now, how do you know if you have uh, Lyme disease? It's very tricky. Lyme doesn't love the blood. So classic tests aren't always great. Uh, the classic Western blot slash ELISA, the two-tiered testing method that the CDC says uh, is the gold standard, was actually developed for popular observation methods. So it was never intended as diagnostic. Somehow it got into that. And research has shown 40 to 60% inaccuracy when you run that test. I mean, wow. you, could, you could do a coin flip and essentially have a more accurate test than something like that, which is just crazy. So we don't want to rely on standard testing. There's better testing out there. I would say the mo- my favorite right now is DNA Connections, and it's, um, it's a Lyme panel. It's a, it's a urine PCR, so you're actually testing the urine and seeing what bugs come out, uh, including Lyme and co-infections. But that's not perfect either. You know, Lyme, the important thing is Lyme is a clinical diagnosis, meaning that, you know, like, we got to use our brains. We got to look at history, examination, and then have tools as a as a 
an additional tool to the toolbox, you know, like test tests as an additional tool um, right. and really combine that. But, you know, if anybody's been diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, autoimmune conditions such as lupus, RA, rheumatoid arthritis, MS, uh, right. you know, multiple sclerosis like UNOV uh, or any other autoimmune, I clinically always say let's make sure to rule Lyme disease out. It doesn't mean you automatically have it. But there's so many overlapping symptoms with conditions like that, that you want to rule Lyme disease out. From a symptom standpoint, over 150 different symptoms. So it can obviously vary quite drastically to different individuals. Uh, so there's not kind of like, oh, you, if, you know, if you have this, you've got it. If you, get a, mm-hmm. if you get stung by a tick, you get a bullseye rash. I mean, that is classically, that is Lyme disease. But from a symptom standpoint, especially for chronic Lyme disease, which I feel like most individuals suffer from in the Lyme disease camp, is uh, pain that moves all over the body or kind of what I like to refer to as moving arthritis. Like, oh my gosh, my shoulder hurts today. The next day you're like, oh, it feels better, but now my knee hurts. Um, you know, and it, it, like this moving, moving pain. Uh, the wax mm-hmm. waning pain, doing great today. And the next day it's like a semi-truck hit you. Um, And then the other probably symptom, just to put in people's back of their mind, or they can try this out right now, as long as they're not driving a car, but uh, you can push on your sternum, so that chest breastbone, right where the ribs meet. Um, Mm -hmm. If you press where the ribs meet your sternum, and it's generally it's going to have maybe a little soreness, but if it's sore, like, oh, wow, I can't even touch there, that's a pretty classic sign of Lyme disease from a clinical physical exam. Wow, are you doing it, Nikki? Yeah. <laughs> I'm over here pushing, pushing, pushing. Wow, that's right. So is that why doctors, like my naturopath did, did that, pushed all up and down my sternum. Is that what they were trying to figure out? Um, I, I don't that. know. I mean, it definitely could be. And, 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 and it's not, you know, 100% Lyme, but like that area mm-hmm. can have some soreness. But if it's you push on it and you're like, you know, back away, like, wow, that was really uncomfortable, that definitely right. keys me clinically in on mm, maybe this is Lyme. Wow. That's crazy. I, everything you're saying is new information to me. I'm fascinated. Me too. <laughs> I, I think, I think I was very ignorant to these facts as well. And, and I kind of thought that I didn't know it could be carried by all these different animals as well. I think that's so, and, and all these different ways. I don't, I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah. And so Lyme gets, Lyme gets ahead, referred no. to as the great mimicker. So if we just remember that, that's what makes it challenging. You know, it looks like so many other things. So let's say you suspect you have Lyme disease. Um, you know, what's the first thing you do? Do you go to Google? Would you recommend you call a doctor? Would you recommend you feel your sternum? Would you recommend, I mean, what's, you know, what do you do? Because it being so hard to diagnose it, not being in the blood, Western medicine, their gold standard is 50, you know, is less effective than a coin toss. Like what would you recommend somebody do? Yeah. Find somebody that knows it. Uh, So if your doctor's like, yeah, I'm not really too familiar with Lyme disease, then, you know, I'd be looking for someone that is is knowledgeable in the category because the topic is very vast. And it's not to undermine like practitioners, but, you know, you either like study and, and know and work with people with it or generally you, you don't. Um, so finding somebody that can help you in the journey. Lyme disease is 
complex. Um, I really mm-hmm. believe people can do it on their own, you know, like improve their health. Um, mm-hmm. My mindset is if you can have somebody help you speed the process up, like sign me up for it. Like, you know, and, and right. the other complicating factor of this is we get lost in our own emotions. You know, we, we can get tunnel vision very easy when it's ourself or a family member because right. we're like, oh no, it's got to be this. It's got to be that. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, it, so here's the complex thing with Lyme. Well, yeah, it could be Lyme, but is that the only source or sources of your health issue? And this is where, you know, if it was all about just the bug, maybe there would be a place for antibiotics in my mind. Um, but it's not just about the bug. That's how somebody, I was just talking to somebody uh, yesterday on the phone, five years on antibiotics and last year on a pick line of IV antibiotics and still bed bound. And I'm like, you know, and she was obviously looking for help knowing like it's just, she doesn't think this is the right route, but she's like, I don't know what other thing I could do. And, and, you know, there's obviously things with antibiotics we want to consider. It obviously damages the bacteria in your gut. But one of the things that's becoming a little bit more known now is that antibiotics actually damage the mitochondria. And, yeah, as you know, V, uh, Dave Asprey yeah. published a new book on mitochondria, and you know more research keeps pouring out about these energy factories for our cells. And if we're damaging that, then you know we're not really giving our body cellular energy, cellular health. So I, I lean toward the natural way for sure, uh, and it's mm-hmm. mainly because my wife, my wife, she contracted Lyme disease when she was seven years old. They didn't know it. And they don't, they still don't know how she never found a tick, never saw a bullseye rash, just like you mentioned your friend. Um, Uh And she got sick. The doctors didn't know what was going on. And she's 34 now. And this was, you know, when she was seven years old, this was quite a while ago in Madison, Wisconsin area. And um, she got sick. The doctors gave her medication. It caused brain encephalitis. So brain swelling. She went into a coma for six weeks and in that process, her mom's like, I'm hearing about this thing called Lyme. Can you test for it? No, it can't be that. Well, they ended up testing. It ended up actually showing up positive, which, of course, that's going to be some pretty you know, old testing back then, but showed up positive, and then they gave her antibiotics, our IV antibiotics, then oral antibiotics, and that was for a couple of years. And I look at it, obviously, very biased from her, you know, her, uh, if you will, N1 research, right, just that one person. Right. I look at that and say, if mm-hmm. antibiotics were were the solution for her, then she wouldn't have had all these other health issues that ensued after that being this quote unquote healthiest kid on the planet until seven years old. And then now having like this, you know, 20 page, um, file at a hospital, you know, coma for six weeks. She uh, had her sinuses scraped. She was supposed to go to the junior Olympics for swimming, but couldn't because of health, you know, issues, um, had heart issues, SVT, superventricular tachycardia. So, she had a couple heart surgery, heart ablations when she was 18 wow. years old. You know, it's just like all these crazy wow. things that, you know, like hit her and just like, you know, like she doesn't even really remember being well. You know, it's like her mind just blanked out, you know, before seven years old. And if that was the answer for her, I don't think any of these other things would have came up. And that, that's where if I can, you know, reach out to a listener right now. Am I saying antibiotics are not the route? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is with Lyme disease, here's the takeaway point. We have to look at the body as a whole. Now, if you want to look at it holistically, great. That's the way I lean. But we have to look at it as a whole because my wife had heavy metal toxicity, mercury and lead toxicity, ran a test 2007. She was off 
you know, off the chart, super high in it, tried detoxing, reacted, stopped. Went to another doctor, 2008 in Florida. I'm like, oh, you reacted? You need to do this. Reacted, stopped. And we're like, okay, there's mm-hmm. no way to detox heavy metals. So we put that on the shelf. Well, when my daughter was born, 2012, we had a lot of signs leading up to it. Anxiety, couldn't fly in an airplane, my wife. And she had traveled, like, growing up. Like, you know, this wasn't new to her, like, first time in an airplane. It was like, no, all of a sudden right. there's this uncontrollable anxiety. Four years she didn't fly an airplane uh, total. And it was at least about a year or so before she had her daughter. And when my daughter was born, the bottom just fell out. And of course, the first thing in my mind's like, is this Lyme disease still there and active? And then what about these heavy metals that we knew were there, but didn't do any, you couldn't figure out how to do anything about it. And, right. and so really for her, it was that. And the other thing that was a big piece to the puzzle for her was a lot of the crashes she had were mold exposures. And that, it, it's not a mold allergy, it's a mold toxin. Mold is a biotoxin, it's a living toxin. Right. And it has been, in my clinical journey, working with clients from all, all around, not only U.S., but even the world, it, mold is one of the most common things, I feel like, that triggers Lyme disease, chronic Lyme disease episodes, and these other you know, downward, downward uh, spiraling health attacks. I, you know, I've experienced, you know, and Dave Asprey talks about mold quite a bit. I'm actually reading his head strong right now where he's really talking a lot about mitochondria. But I have to tell you, I, um, I've had terrible issues with MS due to mold exposure. I'm extremely sensitive to mold. And, you know, I lived with a dear friend um, last year when I first started my tour who had a, uh, definitely I sensed mold in her house because I was starting to have a lot of joint pain. And I, every time I go to her house, it, within three days, I start feeling it. And I'm like, this is mold. I know it's mold. Um, and I think people discount that. A lot of people live with mold. They don't even know it. And I'm super sensitive to it. Yeah. Um, maybe it's because I'm aware. So let me ask you a question. I mean, heavy metal detox, mold exposure. I mean, these are all big things. Um, obviously you've dedicated your practice to helping people with this. What if they don't live in your area? Do you, can you coach people that from all over? I mean, how, how can people, because I would believe that the first thing you'd want to do is work with someone who can help you navigate this because I'm overwhelmed and I'm already conscious about <laughs> health and well-being. Like what would, you know, okay. You know, so, so, you know, you offer a lot of tools to people. Can you just sort of map out for us because we're getting close to the end of this? Like what are the ways that people can work with you and what tools do you offer to the community that can help them begin to navigate their journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I have, it's myself and two other doctors, very intimate team um, that we work with clients and they're, they're around the U S just like I'm, I'm in California, San Diego area, but actually don't have a brick and mortar office. So I completely am virtual via video or phone with all my clients. Um, so kind of independent of location, but for, from a, an approach standpoint, working with our clients, I always like to chat with them before we even meet for an initial assessments, like the big, I always consider like the two hour download appointment. Like I want to know everything going on now in your past and what could have, you know, been pieces okay. to this puzzle. Right. And to figure out in what are the source or sources to your health issues, but also in what order does it have to go in? And I always like to chat with people ahead of time, make sure it's a good fit, um, you know, because I want to make sure it's in our wheelhouse of things that we can help and also pair you up with like the best person. But beyond that, like, I, I believe there's, 
there's disruption right in this world that we're moving away from kind of the classic medical model, you know, one year physical checkup kind of thing. And, you know, functional medicine is disrupting. And I, I, I believe the other disruption is this collaborative effort that, that we shouldn't rely on just one person knowing everything, like, especially in like Lyme disease world mold. I mean, one of my doctors, his, he had black mold in his uh, house that he purchased that the former owner committed suicide. He was known as the crazy neighbor that would mow his lawn at three or 4 a.m. in the morning and come to find out then when my friend, my, you know, my uh, colleague that, that works with us, uh, he started getting sick, his daughter got sick, and then all of a sudden Lyme was triggered and autoimmune and all this other stuff. So if there's somebody with mold, I'm referring, you know, I'm sending them to them, but also we, you know, we all collaborate. So I, lo- I love the idea of collaborative or almost like you said, the community, right? Find a community, um, you know, raise a tribe. And so just recommend, you know, if it's, if you learn about Lyme disease, um, probably the easiest method is the chronic Lyme disease summit number two coming up, which V you are a speaker and you uh, definitely always rock, rock out. Um, There's chronic Lyme disease summit number one as well too. Um, I would recommend checking that out and, and V can post the link, you know, on, on the, on your page so people can go to it. Uh, what, what would it be on paleoboss.com? It's already on paleobosslady.com and people can go and click on the link and register for the free summit and also go to your website. Your website is a great tool, which is drjdavidson.com, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. Dr is D-R-J is J-A-Y. And then Davidson, like the Harley Davidson, just unfortunately no relationship to the motorcycle company. So <laughs> Uh, doc, yeah, drjdavidson.com. I've got tons of resources like, you know, the top five things that, um, you know, typical doctor doesn't know about Lyme disease. Uh, there's a free giveaway there. Um, I wrote a book all about the five steps to restoring health protocol. And that really walks through how Lyme disease is so much more than just pathogen killing, just killing bugs, you know, just the bug bomb, just, the right. you know, blow everything up. It's really about supporting the drainage pathway. It's about looking at other pathogens besides just Lyme disease. Parasites is a massive issue across the globe. And just because we're in a first world country, U.S., doesn't mean we're immune from it. There's over 134 different species like that. You know, there's this big topic and it's been shown Lyme can actually live within the parasite. So, I mean, just crazy stuff. Um, but there's so many resources I would just recommend. Yeah. Check out my website, drjdavidson.com. And if you're looking for a coach or somebody to help you, or I'm more than happy to chat with you and see if it's a good fit. And if it's not, you know, really try to direct you in a, in a uh, direction that would be beneficial for you. Cause we're, I always tell people, I'm like, we're pretty relaxed around here as long as people are getting well. Um, and, and in the end, yeah. that's, that's what matters the most is improving your health and being able to you know, live your purpose of whatever you're, you know, here on this earth for. Thank you so much. Yeah. I feel like I need to have you on every week for a month to just really wrap (laughs) my head around all this, but I'm just so grateful that we have the Lyme disease, the chronic Lyme disease summit two coming up because um, I really think that this is something that, you know, I always say my medicine cabinet is filled with the works of people like Dave Asprey, you, Dr. Terry Walls, um, you know, all the people who inform my journey all the time, Dr. Nisha Winters, all, you know, again, I think that your medicine cabinet should be filled with not only the things that you identified for if you have a tick, but also the summit, um, because there is 
probably a high chance that a lot of us are dealing with stuff. I mean, I'm just thinking about a family friend who had a pick line in who has lupus and has been treating Lyme disease on and off for 10 years just with antibiotics. They've never done anything more than that. Traditional, you know, and I'm wondering, hello, like there's probably, they need to see you. Like I just listening to you, I can think of a dozen people that I need to send to someone um, because they're probably dealing with this and they don't even know it. So I really appreciate the work that you do. And I'm so grateful that your wife and your daughter are, you know, are around and your wife has overcome um, that, you know, being in a coma and everything. And I really hope that this was informative to our listeners and that people will go to your website and will join us at the summit. There's a link on my page and you can find links on your, it pops up right on your website. So people, it doesn't matter, get it from Dr. J from my page, you know, but please sign up for the summit, which is what, June 19th to the 26th. Yes. Yeah. Month away. Uh huh. And you also do, um, uh, like, uh, workshops or retreats and there's information about that on your website. If people actually want to meet with you, they can come to San Diego, right. And do that. Yes. Yeah. We'd love to do little small intimate retreats, uh, kind of the behind the scenes and, um, you know, just a lot of personal, um, a lot of groundbreaking things that happen, but yeah, you can, you can check all that. It's all uh, right on my website. So. Great. Awesome. Nikki, do you have any questions or anything? No, no, I'm, I'm just getting informed and I appreciate, you know, the, the knowledge. I, I think I've been living under a rock this whole time. So I appreciate it. And um, thank you so much for, for coming on and would love, we would love to have you back. I'm sure very soon. And um yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you all in, in two weeks. In two awesome. weeks. It's and we'll be, uh, oh, it's been great. And in two weeks, we're going to have Cindy O'Meara from Changing Habits, who is the director and producer of What's With Wheat, which stars Dr. Terry Walls, uh, Mark Staley Apple. It is now available on Netflix. So there's a whole bunch of excitement happening there. I'm actually going to be with Dr. Terry Walls um, next week when I get back to L.A., and uh, Jay, I can't wait for the summit. I literally cannot wait. And I so appreciate being included, uh, having you on the show and all the work that you do. You're changing lives with every breath that you take. And I honor you, Jay. V, I absolutely just flipping love your attitude. I mean, if, if, <laughs> if, if people have not got emails from V, like it is the best, like, you know, hope you're rocking your day. Bam. I'm like, how do you not be in a good mood when you read that? You know, I'm a psycho in a good way, but. You know, I've lived with a, her- a horrible disease that literally pretty close to institutionalized me, and I just have joy in every second of every day, and I just want to spread that positivity to the world, and that's what I've dedicated my life to do. So I'm glad that, um, that you feel that way because that means that my mission is working. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. <laughs> well, you have a really good day, and thank you, Nikki. Yeah, thank, thank you. you I'm going to go up to Paleo FX now and See if I can find any more tools of empowerment to share with this community. And Sounds great. Have fun. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks again. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.